Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's great to welcome you here today, whether you're online or if you're here in the room, wherever and whenever you are watching this. My name's Joe Gregory, I'm the Hagley location leader and I'm one of the community pastors here. So today I want to continue to talk to you about freedom. And we're in the second part of our mini-series on how we have freedom in our internal worlds. And Jane did a brilliant job last week when she talked about the need to forgive in order to experience freedom. And in this talk, I want to focus on another aspect of our inner world that can lead us to experiencing freedom or can actually can stop us from experiencing that. And that is how we actually think. We need, to cont- we need to take control of our mind if we want to live in the freedom that God has promised us. And really, we don't have to believe every thought that lands in our mind. Today, I want to look at the ways in which we think. Our thoughts can sometimes stop us actually experiencing the freedom that God promises us. And when we think about freedom, a great definition of freedom comes from Paul in 2 Corinthians 6. This is kind of a foundational verse of this series. And I love this because he paints such a brilliant description of what living a free life means. So let me read it to you. He says this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you. To enter this wide open, spacious life, isn't that a brilliant description of freedom? The wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within yourselves. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. And I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. That's from the message version. And it's that phrase that Paul drops in the middle of this passage that I really want to focus on today. He says this, the smallness comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. And this is what I want to explore with you today. Who wants to live a life smaller than they need to? Who wants to live a life without the freedom that God promises us? And I wonder if you're like me, that you get a bit frustrated with the way that you think, because it kind of stops you living the life that you really want to live. And I think one of the reasons that we do that is that we have really negative kind of train tracks of thinking in our minds. We've got negative loops of thinking. This train cannot go anywhere but this circular track. And sometimes our thoughts are negative on their, and they're on kind of loops of negative thinking. You know, this little train is quite noisy and these are noisy thoughts in our minds. They kind of grab our attention quite a lot. And whether you're a Christian here today or not, you will have negative loops of thinking in your mind. I wonder what yours are. I wonder if they go something like, am I really good enough? Go back on the loop. What do they really think about me? Go round on the loop. Is God really good? Can I really trust God? Look at the circumstances that I'm living in. Go round on the loop. Look what has happened in my past. Can I really trust God for the future? 
and our mind, and we have these kind of negative thought tracks that go round and round in our minds. And we need to control those thought tracks because those are the things that are going to stop us experiencing the freedom that God has for us. And this is not in line with who God says he is, with who God says you are, and the way God thinks about our lives. This is not the way God thinks. And this is so important because our thoughts are so important. Craig Grishel said this, our lives follow the direction of our most powerful thoughts. And he's written a book recently that, that is called Winning the War in Our Minds. And some of the thinking I've taken from that book because it is so good. I've obviously adapted it for this talk. But he says this, our lives follow the direction of our most powerful thoughts. Now, you may feel that you struggle on these train tracks of negative, negative thinking absolutely every day of your life. Or you may feel that something is said and it triggers you and you go round into one of these thoughts. Or you may find yourself in a certain set of circumstances and it triggers you and you go round in those certain set of negative thinking. And today I want to talk to you about how we can take control of our mind, how we can get rid of those negative train tracks of thinking. But I would say here today that I'm talking about our everyday thinking. Monday morning, what are you thinking about? I'm not talking about those times in which we find ourselves in an emotional or a mental health crisis. And I would say if you are in that situation, please seek medical and professional help. I'm talking here about our everyday kind of thinking. Now, one of the things I think that kind of shows how we think differently from each other is when we go on holiday. Do you remember that old program? It was called um, Holiday um, Swap. So one family would do something that they absolutely loved, another family would swap with them, and it was a living nightmare. So recently, you remember it? Yeah, great. So do you, um, out of lockdown, my husband and I decided we were going to go that's Matt. Um, we were going to go on a couple of weekends with friends and we were going to do some really different things. So this is very, very stereotypical, but bear with me. So I decided my weekend away was going to be a 24-hour spa. So yeah, flumping about in the pool, had a bit of a facial. My most challenging decision was which dress to wear for the evening. My husband, on the other hand, he is a keen cyclist and he decided he was going to cycle from Birmingham to Aberystwyth and back, stay overnight with a friend. He chose the weekend of the torrential storms. Not his fault, but anyway, he decided to carry on with it. So he was like cycling down these inclines, one in three, and he was actually having to power down the jolly incline because of the force of the rain and the wind coming back. I came away from my spa saying that was an amazing weekend. Matt came away from his cycling trip, said that was amazing. It kind of shows how differently we think. But if we want real wisdom about how we think, we can do no better than go back to the book of Proverbs. And that was written by King Solomon, 700 years before Jesus was born. So this is like 3,000 years old. But the brilliant truth about when something is from God and God's truth, it is true then 3,000 years ago and it's true for us today. Listen to what he said in Proverbs 23, 7. This is so simple, but it is so profound. He said this, as a man thinks, so he is. As a woman thinks, so she is. This means that our thinking determines who we are as people. 
what our personalities are like, how we relate to other people and how we relate to God. And if this is so important, we really need to be aware of what thoughts we allow in our minds and we need to take control of our mind. Now, I have great news for you today. I'm going to be sharing some principles with you that are more than just self-help. Good self-help is great, but it doesn't go that deep. And I would love to share you some principles that are going to really help you to lead into the godly freedom that his word promises us. But I would say that true freedom starts with the relationship with Jesus. And what I'm going to be talking about is how we can replace these negative train tracks that bring us down to go into the train tracks of truth that God promises us. Now, I think this is so important for us to look at in this time. So in COVID, we know that adults are now saying that they are experiencing anxiety and depressive disorders far more than they did before COVID. Research actually shows that in January to June 2019, one in 10 adults said that they are experiencing anxiety and mental health issues. Now it's gone up to one in four. So there's a massive increase just because of where we are in the pandemic. But also this topic is really important to me personally. My mum died of medically resistant depression six years ago. And I could see, looking back, that her life was kind of a trail of anxiety. She never really got, she couldn't talk about it, she never really got to grips with the anxiety that she was experiencing. So my childhood was a sea of anxiety. I just thought it was normal to worry about everything. Then I became a Christian when I was 15, and since then, over the time, God has shown me principle upon principle of how to change my thinking so that I now experience far more freedom than I ever did then. And that's why I'm passionate about sharing these principles with you today. I know, really know, that they work. Now, the quote here is from Norman Vincent Peale. He was an American minister. And he said this, I think this kind of encapsulates everything that I'm trying to say here. Change your thoughts and you change your world. And we're going to be looking at different scriptures to do that. They are coming up on the screen, don't worry about that. So the big question today is how do we control our mind? Now I've got really good news. I'm going to share with you the principles that will bring you more freedom, more contentment and more peace. And I know personally that these really work. I've got bad news for you as well, guys. It's going to take some work. Unfortunately, God doesn't just zap us. He just doesn't take these thoughts away and then implant his own good, you know, freedom thoughts. We've got to engage with him and do some work on you know, for ourselves. However, the brilliant news that surpasses all of that is that God knows how difficult this thinking is for us. And his Holy Spirit is committed to work with us on this. Look at Romans 12 too. Paul says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the verb there, renewing, is not just a renew as a one-off, it is a constant daily renewing of your mind. Then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. 
What this means is that our lives are transformed when our thoughts are renewed. And when you renew something, you get rid of the old and you bring in something new. It's not like you add a bit onto the old and top it up. You get rid of the old and you bring in something new. And what he says then is if you do that, you will agree with God's perspective on your life. And this will create a context of faith so that you can live and experience the freedom that God has for us. Now, it's Paul in Philippians that actually shows a process of how we change our thinking and our minds. And I have to admit, if you want a role model of how to change your thinking, you can do no better than look at Paul. He was chained to a guard 24 hours a day in a Roman prison, and he wrote a book about joy. Philippians is a letter about joy. So how had he done this? His body was behind bars, but his mind was free. How had he learned to do this? He had learned to take his thoughts captive that he explains in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, long before he'd entered the prison cell. So he had done work in his mind. So his mind was free even when his body was trapped in the prison cell. And he knew two principles. He knew this that the battle for our lives is either lost or won in our mind. He also knew this, that our thoughts will control us so that we have to learn how to control our thoughts. And he identified this three-step process that I'm going to be talking to you about now. So I'm going to read the passage. It's from Philippians 4, 8 to 9. And then I'm going to kind of bring out the three-step process that Paul gives us to help us to change our mind. So let me read it first. Philippians 4, 8 to 9. Paul says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put into practice and, and here's the promise, the peace of God will be with you. So the three-part process that Paul identifies is this, is firstly, think about what you think about. Do you really think about what is good and lovely and praiseworthy and excellent? Think about what you think about. The second one is take action. This is not about being passive. This is about taking action and taking control and taking steps to change your negative ways of thinking into godly ways that will bring you into freedom. And then the promise is at the end. What we will experience this, what we will experience is the peace of God. So we're just going to reflect a bit right now, just in your seats. You're not going to share this with anybody. You're not going to speak about it. If you're at home or if you're in the room, you're just going to reflect on what you think about. So this is you tomorrow. It's you on a normal day. It's not you on Weetabix. It's just you on a normal day. This is you on Monday. Think about what you think about. Now, I'm going to fly through these questions, but they are going to be on our Facebook page if you want to look at them again. So think about what you think about. So this is kind of a thought audit. So first of all, do your thoughts help you or do they bring you down? Do you think peaceful or worried thoughts? Is your self-talk positive or does it require you to take, sorry, is your self-talk positive and does it inspire you to take faith risks? 
Do your thoughts inspire you to believe that you can make a difference in the world? Quick thought audit. Have a think about what you really think about. Now, I would imagine that this quick thought audit has revealed a mixture of negative ways of thinking and positive ways of thinking. And if you've exposed some negative ways of thinking, in a minute I'm going to be sharing some principles that will help you get rid of those negative ways of thinking and bring in biblical, uh, biblical ways of thinking. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you will know that the mind is where the spiritual battle takes place. The enemy wants to put lies in your mind that are not the truth about who you are, not the truth about who God is, and not the truth about what he says your life can be like. Now, I'm not going to be doing much now today about the spiritual battle. Stuart is going to be talking about that much more in greater depth next week. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, knowing how to put life-giving thoughts into your mind will increase your mental resilience and help you to experience more peace. Now, why are our thought patterns so much like this train track? What happens when we understand the brain is that as soon as we have one thought track, our brain likes doing that same thought track. Our brain is set up to conserve us energy, and it loves patterns. It loves patterns of thinking. So as, you know, once we start thinking one thought, it's so much easier to just to carry on in that thinking. That's why it's quite hard to change. But is this not worth it to take control of your mind so that we can experience the freedom that God has for us? We need to replace the negative thought tracks with trained tracks of truth that will lead us to freedom. So that's kind of what we think about. Now I'm going to move on to the second point that Paul gave us in that Philippians passage, which is action. What do we do to put into practice? We need to take action. So the first, I'm going to give you four things here. First of all, we need to replace the things that are not true in our minds with a godly perspective that is true. We need to reframe. We need to take control of our responses. We need to develop an attitude and a lens of gratitude in our lives. And we need to work on and develop and grow a perspective of God's presence in our life. So the first thing is to replace. What we need to do is to remove the lie and replace it with truth. We need to replace the negative uh, thought patterns with scripture. And this is what we see Jesus do when he was tempted by the enemy in the wilderness. So when a lie came, he didn't pause, he didn't think, he didn't research, he didn't discuss, and he didn't Google. What, he said, what Jesus did, he came back immediately with the truth from Scripture. And in Ephesians 6.17, Paul says the Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. By replacing the thought patterns that are lies in our minds, we cut out the lies and replace it with truth. And this needs to be a conscious and intentional process. We need to create for ourselves train tracks of truth. So let me give you an example of this. Let me work through one example. There are many more. But just say, you have a lie in your mind that says, when I'm really exhausted, when I'm really needy, when I need some comfort in my life, I need to drink excessively, I need to eat excessively, I need to have lots of chocolate, I need to have lots of shopping, and I need to do computer games for many, many hours. Now, all of those things are fine in moderation. I'm not having to go at any of those things. But what I'm trying to get you to think about is, 
have you got a link there? Have you got a negative cycle of thinking that is not true? So then we look at the word. What can we look at? What did Jesus say? In Matthew 11, 28, 30, he says this. Come to me, all who are weary, burdened and overwhelmed, and I will give you rest. Jesus gives us rest that none of those things can ever do. So you've thought, you've looked at what you think, you've then looked at scripture, which is the truth. You can then write out a new declaration of truth that then you can replace the lie with. And this might be something of the declaration. Yeah, I do need help. I am absolutely exhausted. I need God's help. What I'm using may numb me to my problem, but it doesn't solve anything. God tells me to come to him when I am weary, burdened, and overwhelmed. He tells me to cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for me, 1 Peter 5. And he promises to be my refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, Psalm 46. So what we can do is when we catch ourselves thinking that lie, we can intentionally put in the new truth from Scripture. So that's how we replace negative thoughts. The second point I want to talk about is how we reframe. And this is a key to becoming more mentally resilient. We need to take control of our response in situations. Now, we can't control much of our circumstances. We can't control much of how people respond to us. But the one thing that you have got 120% control over is how you respond. Social psychologists call this cognitive reframing. And let me give you an example. So say one day, you know, it happens quite a lot, I don't do something great at work. You know, I don't do something great, everybody sees it. So I could say, Joe, you've messed up, you're an absolute failure. What, what do you think you're doing here? You're not as good as Dan, you're certainly not as good as Sandra, and wow, Andy is just, you know, so good. I could respond like that. Or, that brings me down, I don't think I should go back to work another day. I could respond like this. Yeah, God's put you here, Joe. You've got some talents and you've got some gifts. You gave 100% there. You are learning and you're going to learn better. This response takes me down. This response enables me to go up and learn. You can choose how you think about things that happen and how you can reframe them. And then the third thing is we need to develop a lens of gratitude in our lives. We don't need to be train spotters. Well, you can be if you want. We need to be goodness spotters. We need to discern the goodness, the collateral goodness of God in our lives. Research has shown that if you go to bed, we all go to bed, when you go to sleep, if you think of three things in your day that you're really grateful for every night, you are going to be a happier person. Now, this next slide is super cheesy, uh, and if you own a BMW, please forgive me, no offence, it's just a little illustration here. BMWs are marvellous. But we don't want to be a BMW, we don't want to be blaming, moaning, whining people. We want to be a jag. We want to be a joyful and grateful people. See, you're going to remember that now, aren't you? Remember nothing else, but you'll remember those cars. Marvellous. So we, don't, we need to develop gratitude in our lives. And the lastly, we need to develop a more godly perspective. We need to see God's presence in our life more and more. And Brother Lawrence says this, we cannot attain the presence of God. We're already totally immersed in the presence of God. What's missing is our awareness of it. And the absolutely simple thing is this, 
if we, are, if we forget that God is there, we won't talk to him. When stuff is going on in our lives, we forget that he's there, we won't talk to him. So when things are bad, what we need to do, instead of just feeling down, is we need to look up and we need to find the God who loves us and we need to find his power to help. And we do that by talking to him. Paul says um, in many times in his letters, present your requests to God, which really means let your needs be known. Don't worry about the way that you ask. We all pray. We all talk to God in really unique, different ways. I've got four children and they talk to me totally differently, but I just love the fact that they talk to me. And God is like that with us. He doesn't care what words you use. He just wants you to talk to him. I found this brilliant bit of research as I was um, uh, preparing this talk, and it's from a woman called Dr. Caroline Leaf. And she's a professor of neurology. She looks at how our brains work. And she did an amazing study on the effect of prayer and the neurology or the functioning of our brains. And she found this. If you pray for 12 minutes every day over an eight-week period, the neurology of your brain will change. You will become more compassionate, more sensitive to others. You will have greater focus in your life and you will have greater intentionality. That's just by praying by 12 minutes every day. So we need to develop our talking to God so that we increase our sense of his presence in our life. And then the second way that we can increase and get a godly perspective on what's happening is learning to praise God when the circumstances are tough. This is difficult. It doesn't come easy, but we can develop and we can learn to do this. And what this does, it helps us to focus on him, not on the storm that we're in. So by praising God in difficult circumstances, we focus on him and his power and his goodness and not on the storm in which we're in. Craig Rochelle says this, your circumstances may be bad, but God is still good. He is still near you. His promises are still true for you and his love is unconditional for you. His grace is still amazing for you and his timing is perfect for you. So we need to learn that even though we may not like what's going on in our lives, we can still praise God for who he is. He was good yesterday, he's good today and he's good tomorrow. And finally, what I'm gonna be talking about is how, what, we, what Paul promised in that third stage, which is what we all want. He said, if you think about what you think about, if you put into practice, if you take action, if you do these things, you will experience the God of peace. The God of peace will be with you. So what I would love you to think about as we're coming into land, I've talked a lot about different things today, but what one thing has resonated with you? We can learn to do these things. We can learn to think about what we're thinking. We can learn to put these things into practice. And then that unlocks the freedom that God has for us and what his heart for us. And his heart for us is that we know his freedom in our inner world, not these negative train tracks of thinking that will bring us down. He wants us to know his peace that surpasses all understanding. He wants us to know his strength and his power and his breakthrough that he has for us. 
And we can do that when we start to take control of our thoughts, put these things into practice, and then that is his promise to us. I'm going to pray for you in a minute, but I would love you just to bring to the Lord that one thing that you've been thinking about. What's resonated with you today? Do you think, yeah, I've got lots of lies that are holding me down. I need to start looking at scripture and I really need to start replacing them with what God says about my circumstances, about who I am. Is it the fact that you need to take more control of the way you respond so that you don't agree with negative things in your mind. You start responding differently so that you can develop and you can experience the freedom that God has for you. You might need to start praying more, might need to start praying every day, just a little bit every day. You just need to talk to God, bring your needs to God. He knows them anyway, just talk to him about them. You may be in difficult circumstances and you know that you don't feel like praising God, but it's a choice and you can praise God for who He is. Not for the mess that you're in, but for who He is. So I'm just gonna pray if that's okay. Father, I just wanna thank you that you know what's in our minds. Every person sitting at home, every person sitting here in this room, Lord, you know what is going on in our minds. You know the battles that we're facing. You know those train tracks of negative thinking. We may have had them since childhood. And yeah, you know how difficult it is. But Lord, I really pray that you would help us to replace those negative lies with scriptural truth about who you are, about who you say we are and what you have for our lives. Lord, help us to pray, help us to praise you in difficult circumstances. And then God, thank you that you promise us freedom. You promise us peace. You promise us access to your supernatural power, your supernatural peace that goes beyond all of our understanding. Thank you, Father, for your freedom that you promise us. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was praying for you for this uh, talk this morning, I really felt the Lord say this, He wants to set His captives free. He wants to set His people free. And there's some of you who have suffered with negative train tracks of thinking for probably for many years. You might have suffered with anxiety, I, I don't know. But the, the word of the Lord here today is set my people free. So if you would like further prayer, if you're online, please click on the Say One For Me link and we have a group of people who will be praying and would love to pray for you. If you're here in the room and you would like, something's dropped for you today, and you would like one-to-one -one prayer, we have a prayer team in the atrium. And when we go into this next song, please feel free to move and get individual prayer. You know, the Lord's heart is that He wants His people to be free in their minds so that they can experience his peace and the faith to walk and live with him. So in a minute, we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing a beautiful song that is called No Longer Slaves. And I would love you in a minute to stand and to really sing this as a celebration of the freedom that God has for you, as a celebration of the faith that you're putting your trust in him and that you are gonna ask him to take control of what's in your mind and that he is gonna lead you into more freedom. Why don't you stand?
And we're going to sing this song, No Longer Slaves. <laughs> 